Hi everyone. As we enjoy our season break, we wanted to bring you one of our most listened to Real Talk episodes. I think this topic resonated with so many of you because we can all relate to the mental load, the constant to-do lists that dominate our lives. In this episode, Liv and I discuss how we can more evenly share this load within our family, particularly if we're in a partnership. For our single parents out there, we also did do an episode with parenting guru, Sarah Ockwell-Smith, where she discusses how single parents can support themselves and find support in others during their parenting journey. So check out episode 38 for that conversation. Okay, let's get into the episode. I said to Mark, hey, Mark, guess what? I'm going back onto uh, the pod, to which he went, oh, God, what are you going to say now? (laughs) And I said, we're talking about the mental load. You know that thing that I keep banging on about, about all the things that I feel that I do and the things that perhaps I'd like you to do more of? Anyway, to do the homework, we ended up sitting down and doing the task list together. And what started out as... 95% of things under live. It was amazing as the conversation went that a lot ended up shifting to the 50-50. So it was a really kind of beneficial conversation in terms of recognising that he's not just sitting there doing nothing, which I think I have felt at times. Hello and welcome to Parenthood, conversations about life after kids. I'm your host, Leonia Kidanor, and every fortnight I will bring you discussions about the real and raw realities of parenting, life behind the Instagram filter. Join us as we laugh, cry and bond over the organised chaos that is parenthood. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the podcast. So you would have realised that we've rebranded. We are now no longer known as Mum Life, we've rebranded to Parenthood Podcast. I feel like this better encompasses the direction in which we're looking to head in going forward. I want to bring more perspectives on parenthood uh, to the table. So, you know, bring dads on, speak to couples and also speak to mums about their experiences. So I'm really excited about the new direction in which we're heading in. Today, I'm bringing Liv, my bestie, onto the podcast again. After 20 years of friendship and many conversations, we've realised that recording our conversations has actually provided us with a fair bit of feedback from our audience and people seem to love listening into us. So I decided that, um, we decided that we'd look to do more of this going forward. So um, that's really exciting. So this episode, we're talking about the mental load. You know, all of that invisible work that you do, your partner may do around the house. So it's things like stacking the dishwasher, cooking the meals, writing the shopping list, going to do the shopping, you know, changing the kids' nappies, changing their clothes, etc. 
And um, there's been a fair bit of talk about the mental load more recently, just in the general media. And we thought, let's let's hush it out and let's have a little bit more of a convo around it. I actually put a shout out to our audience to get a better understanding of how they manage their households and who's doing what. And the results are quite interesting. I also got Liv to do a bit of an exercise with her husband, Mark, and they wrote out a lot of those key tasks that were being done around the house and wrote next to each of the tasks, typically who is doing it. And that gave them gave them a really great insight around who is doing more. And um, I think it was quite a surprise um, for them both to really um, look at the, sit back, look at the results and go, wow, like, yeah, this is how we're managing things. Um, I think, you know, Liv will admit to this, that she thought she was doing more. And it's funny when you write things out, you kind of start realising that perhaps that might not be the case. So look, we'll cut straight to the episode with Liv and myself talking all things mental load. Liv, welcome to the podcast. It's so good to have you back, back by popular demand. <laughs> oh, I'm chuffed. That's too kind. Must be our chemistry, Lee. Oh, We've been doing be. this for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me. How's life? What's been happening? Oh, God. Isn't it funny when someone asks you that question? Yeah. Like, what has actually been happening? Good question. <laughs> Do you know what? Harry started childcare this last week, mm. finally. So yeah. we made the plunge. Yeah. And that has been fantastic. Mm. He transitioned really easily. Fuelf, um, I feel so much better and mm. more on top of work this week, mm. so not as stressy. Yeah. But you can probably hear in my voice, I mean, I usually have a rather husky voice at the best of times anyway, but uh, made worse by uh, the, the cold that Harry has picked up oh. or maybe was gifted by his brother. Yeah. So mum life. Oh, 100%. <laughs> as soon as one thing, you fix one thing, it's like something oh. else breaks God. like always yeah, it <laughs> so it's all right it's okay we'll fix that how about you yeah what's news? good it's amazing isn't it even having the kids in daycare like you having harry just even that one day how much of like how liberating that can feel and can you only imagine when he transitions to like two and three you literally won't know yourself because you'll just have so much more time right um so similarly like i you know charlie's now transitioned to two days i'm gonna up it to three in the next week or so. Um, and I think at that point, that will be three full days of the kids both being in daycare, which I think I just, I'm just not going to know myself. But the the challenge, as I said, you one thing gets repaired and something else always breaks in mum life. So what's broken for me is basically my nanny on a Friday now has sort of taken on a full-time gig somewhere and um, not in nannying in something else. And she is so fantastic and the kids just love her. And she had her last shift with us um, on on Friday and literally she walked out the door, I closed the door and then I just burst to tears. Oh, no. <laughs> what I am I like, going to do without you, you, my lifeline? <laughs> and Noah's like, Emmy, Emmy next Friday. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. 
Oh, dear. Oh, dear. So that's okay. It's a problem we'll fix and I'm sure we'll find someone in time. But Are you on the hunt for somebody new? I am on the hunt for someone new. So anyone in the sort of the South Yarra area, if you're sort of local, I always find it, it is helpful for local nannies because it's easy for yeah, them. Um, yeah. You know, hit me up on Instagram. I'm on the hunt. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. We'll um, watch this space. It will be fine. But I think what got me was, so this is why I don't think I could ever have an au pair because they would become your family and within six months, they've got to transition out. You've got to get someone else in. I don't think I could cope with that emotionally. Like, <laughs> I'm like it's softer a, it's than the kids. It's a big thing, isn't it? No, you yeah. hear those stories yeah. and or you see posts or connections yeah. that yeah. remain. Yeah, yeah, It's kind of like when we had host sisters back at school. Mm, totally. <laughs> yeah, the relationship that you develop mm. and then, yeah, one one yeah there one minute gone the next yeah it's tough and it's tough on the kids um but yeah look all in all good I feel like I'm sort of getting a little bit more balance into my life but um I'm going to actually throw it now to the topic that we're talking about today because I feel like we can talk about this topic forever so (laughs) mindful that you know we don't have like half a day to hash this out so (laughs) oh the kids might wake up and start screaming (laughs) in the background (laughs) to everyone listening Liv and I were like this is perfect both kids are sleeping like this is like this never happens like we actually have like a time in our day where it's just like all about us this is amazing (laughs) so (laughs) so basically what kicked off this theme so today to everyone listening we're talking about the mental load and what kicked it off was I actually put a shout out on uh, Instagram to our community just sort of saying look Liv's coming back on the podcast we're going to always talk about a specific topic um you know hit us up with some of your questions and one came through that was just fantastic and Liv I'll actually read this out to you because I know you haven't heard it um someone wrote wrote in I I have a full-time job and my partner does too resentment can build from my end because I always feel like I'm doing more around the house how do you both manage your households and try to navigate that resentment that may build and I literally was like, bow, bow, mental load. <laughs> so we can relate, can't we, Liv? <laughs> oh, can we ever? Can we ever? We've had many a discussion about this, oh, have we not? Big time. So, look, to everyone listening, the mental load is essentially the unpaid housework, household work that often is disproportionately shouldered by the woman. It's that invisible work that none of us get paid for, but it just has to be done. And particularly amplified in heterosexual couples when the baby comes into the picture. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, hold on. I knew I was like the CEO of the house, but now like I can't take on all of this shit. Like, so Liv, can you add anything around, like, is that a good sort of wrap-up of essentially what the mental load is? Yeah, it's, it is it is the absolute invisible stuff that you don't stop to have a conversation about regularly. You know, so I was thinking about it in the lead-up today. You know, I spent half my morning sorting through all the clothes in terms of sizes and yes. then thinking about what am I going to do with these clothes? Yes. And you know, Mark and I are never going to have a conversation about that, but mm. someone's got to do that. Otherwise, we're going to run out of space. Yes. You know, it's it's all of that sort of stuff from friends' birthdays and who's buying the present mm. and, God, what about that vaccination next week? Yeah. You know, better book that. What about the six-month vaccination? You know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Totally, right? totally. And I think it was it was certainly brought to the forefront by the French cartoon. Um, you should have asked. I'm sure you've probably seen it live, right? That's a great one. Isn't it? It went viral and I think there was so much conversation that was had around that. Um, I even listened to a podcast episode which I shared with you, Liv, and I'll, I'll actually put in the episode notes around the mental load that 
the ABC did. Um, they've got a podcast called Ladies We Need to Talk and Solving the Mental Load was a great one and that also stemmed from um, this French cartoon. Um, so, yeah, lots of sort of very topical these days. Liv, I want to know first and foremost, what is on your mental load checklist now? <laughs> like right here, right now? Right here, right, right now. Here, right now. Hit me. Okay. <laughs> so... I guess maybe just a weekend. So it's the weekend, right? So thinking through meal prep, Harry's just started solid. So, oh, my God, like where do I even begin with preparing purees and different type of baby-led weaning type foods to I want to have some activities. I want them to leave the house. I want them to, you know, get some fresh air. Got, you know, clothes, as I was just saying. So, you know, weekend is a time to do the chores. So let's go through that. God, I can't even remember the last time I went to the supermarket. Yeah. Well, I probably need to do that, let alone what the hell's on my supermarket list. Yes. Uh, we've got a birthday party tomorrow, so I'll probably have to start planning. Have I got a card? Did I buy the present? Oh, yeah, I haven't wrapped the present, though. That's probably a good taste of uh, what's on the mental load list right here, right now. I absolutely <laughs> love it. So tell me, what do you think... And now I did give you some homework for this um, episode because so <laughs> I had this idea that, okay, so we both should check in with our partners and see what's on their mental load. So Liv, talk me through it. What's on Mark's mental load? Do you know what? I This is one of the best things that you have ever asked me to do <laughs> in the 15 years that we have been friends, maybe even 20 years. And I mean, you've asked me to do a lot of crazy things but this has actually been the task that's actually been the greatest gift to me and my relationship. Who knew? So do you know what we did? Tell me. Well, true live style, I sat down and started doing this task myself and then I said to Mark, hey, Mark, guess what? I'm going back onto uh, the pod to which he went, oh, God, what are you going to say now? And I said, we're talking about the mental load. You know that thing that I keep banging on about, about all the things that I feel that I do and the things that perhaps I'd like you to do more of. Mm. Anyway, to do the homework, we ended up sitting down and doing the task list together. Mm. And what started out as 95% of things under live, Mm. it was amazing as the conversation went that a lot ended up shifting to the 50-50. So it was a really kind of beneficial conversation in terms of recognising that he's not just sitting there doing nothing, which I think I have felt at times. You know, which you spoke about that audience question around when the resentment has been building. And when you've got two little kids and particularly a baby and being the mum, you're the primary caregiver usually, so you do have to do <laughs> a lot of the stuff. You start going, well, what the, What are you doing? Mm. So it ended up being a conversation about, okay, we're all doing lots of things and, yes, some will fall more into my bucket because of how old the kids are now. That might change. Let's just keep picking this up as a conversation. But the broader theme needed that came out was the appreciation, you know, and appreciating each other and having that as a conversation more of, when we're all doing all these things, maybe we should just stop and say thanks or can I help you? I Which love we both felt we don't do enough of. Yes, yes. And it's so, so thanks for the homework. That's the long winded, <laughs> the very long winded kind of great epiphany, really good conversation that Mark and I ended up having about how we're keeping our household running. Mm, Well, Um, you know, if I can just play my little part in making your romance blossom even further, (laughs) then 
then I'm chuffed. We opened a bottle of wine and, you know, it was great. (laughs) We appreciated each other. I think it's like... We appreciated each other a little bit more. Exactly. It's so true, isn't it? And it's interesting because we put a poll out to our audience and about 150 people got back to us, which is pretty solid, I think, um, around, you know, who does the household, you know, tasks and who um, takes on more of the mental load. And I will read out some of these results because they're quite interesting, but I wonder if there was a little bit of that, like what you're saying, Liv, where we're sitting there going, well, we're doing it all, you know, well, and that's what the results It's reflect. funny you say that. I yeah. answered the poll yeah. and I guarantee, so household chores, who does more, mm. I hit, yeah, me or, you know, the mum. For all of those things, I hit the mum yeah. because that's absolutely mm. where I have felt and, you know, when you yeah. and I have discussed this, yeah. like that is absolutely how I felt. Mm. I felt like I was, you know, really shouldering the load here. But when we actually stopped and went through the list, mm. yes, maybe, you know, and it, I think the other thing we've got to be careful about here is, you know, the point scoring mm you know, element of it. So whose list is longer or will my task take a whole lot longer, you know, cooking and going to the shopping and compared to your, like, that's just really not healthy. So, you know, that was kind of the conversation that we had too in terms of all the things that we're doing make this family go round and they are going to change and there's going to be peaks and troughs. But as long as we sit down and, you know, that's that was our commitment. Mm. Let's do this twice a year and be like, are we on the same page? Maybe we need to do it more. I don't know, but, you know, good starting place. What do you think the conclusion, so essentially the conclusion there was, well, we both do a lot. We both appreciate how much each other are doing. Any things you would change after that conversation and how you're approaching things? Do you know what I just are? So I don't know about you, you know, we both our partners' families live in the country. So you and I, once a month or every six weeks, pack up our family, throw them in the car and that is the most stressful yes. thing. Like you talk about mental load. Oh. Have I got enough warm clothes? Have I got enough? What happens if it's sunny? What happens if it's raining? Have I got gumboots? Yeah. Have I got enough food? Have I, you know, thought of a present? Like I find going away the most stressful time. Yes. So I said, if there's one thing that could change, I'd really help you, <laughs> like you to help me plan and pack and, and manage that a whole lot better. And, you know, that can be a bit of a theme for some other things, you know, whether it's supermarket shopping and when you realise that something's run out, can you just, you know, tell me or text me or put it on our Google Home shopping list or whatever it's mm. going to be. So, yeah. um yeah, we find a solution. Little things you can tweak, right, and just kind of go, okay. Things, and, again, if you're not things. talking about it, you're not going to even realise that it's an issue until you both kind of voice it and, like you said, sit down and actually hash it out. Um, I I did the same thing, but my conversation was about 30 seconds. I went, hey, Jules, what's on your mind right now? He goes, he's cooking dinner. He's like, work. I'm like, okay, anything else? Nope. Like anything else that you feel like you're going to do tonight or you're going to think about for the family or anything? No, just work. I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) I'm like, point point proven. Like, you know, but then having said that, it's so true. Like if we really did delve into it, I mean, Sunday mornings, my favourite, well, not my favourite, but one of the things I do that I actually don't mind doing is I like clean the house, but I have my like earphones on, the blockout one, so I don't hear the screaming and hysteria that's going on around me. And I listen to my ebook, and I'm cleaning away and I'm in like in my own little world. And guess what? Jules is there with both yeah. boys entertaining yeah. them for two hours 
sellers. And, you know, yeah. no one, as you said, no one is kind of sitting around. Maybe we're very, well, we are very fortunate living that we do have very hands-on partners. But, you know, you could sit there, say, I could sit there saying, well, I'm doing more because I'm cleaning. But actually I'm yeah. in my zone cleaning and you're looking after the kids. And there's a lot of that that goes on, right? That was absolutely kind of the conversation. You know, Mark was saying, you like going to the supermarket. Mm. Like that's like he's like, I know that you are not seeing that as me time, but I know that you really enjoy making the list because you're a list maker and I know that you enjoy going to the supermarket and you don't actually want me to do. Don't get me wrong, Liv. I'm happy to go if you want me to. But, you know, and I, that's kind of right and particularly our personality types, mm. right, and I don't know if anyone else you know, gets this, but, you know, we like project managing stuff, right? Like we like having things in order. That's why we have the list. That's how, like, why we tick things off and cross them out. But, you know, you would have read in the prep for today and just being interested in this topic that if you don't have these conversations with your partner, where it can lead to is that really deep resentment and, you know, burnout for the mum mm-hmm. or dad or whatever it is mm. whoever you know feels that they're shouldering more of the load in in their relationship oh. so it's a really fascinating topic isn't it i want to cut to the results of some of these questions so listen to this and oh, yes. this will be like it's interesting because i think it sort of validates what we were just talking about okay so who does the majority of housework in your household 93 percent mum who does the childcare drop-off pickup? 79% mum. Who cooks most of the meals? 75% mum. So that's a little bit, I guess, a little bit more yeah. even. Um, who buys the kids' clothing? 96% mum. Yeah. Who organises the social calendar? 95% mum. No surprises there. Who makes the beds? <laughs> 87% mum. And who puts the toys away? 84% said mum. So, yeah, it's interesting. But as you said, you've got to wonder if there's that little bit of bias going on. And, you know, the, one of the conversations that I've had with so many new mums, as you have as well, Liv, is just that feeling of complete overwhelm because all of a sudden you've got this little baby to care for and then it's like all these household duties have just come up out of nowhere and you're sitting there going, how did this even happen? Like before the baby came, we were hunky-dory and now it's like all of a sudden I'm thrust into this role where I can't sit still for a minute and just have idle time and not think about all the million things that are happening around me. Like it's crazy, the impact. You remember those days sitting in bed on a Sunday watching all of that terrible TV that you like watching? (laughs) My Real Housewives. Yeah, exactly, Real Housewives. I don't know, I'm thinking back, you know, 15 years ago and the hill, it was the hills. The hills. But, yeah, more recent times, the you know, Real Housewives, you just like binging that. I mean, when was the last time we, yeah, we could do something like that? It, it's funny you say that, yeah, maybe even a couple of weeks ago, you know, just in the thick of work, really busy week, I looked at my clock and it was 9.45 p.m. by the time I sat down kind of end of day, okay, I can now start scrolling through my Instagram feed. And I just thought, what the hell, 9.45 at night? Like, oh. this is not sustainable. we got to find something, mm. you know, find the solution to, yeah, fix this quick. I mean, that's not every night, but, you know, the volume of tasks meant it 
is more often than not, right? Yeah, but then like you think about the conversation you had with Mark, if you're both pulling your weight, is that just like what life is for now? Do you know what I mean? Like that is that just something we have to get used to? Because it's hard. Yeah, we went from like willy-nilly like sit in bed on a Sunday and do nothing, order pizza and that's your day to like, oh, my God, I don't even have, you know, as you said, 15 minutes of downtime before I'm going to sleep. Like do you think it's just the adjustment that we have to accept or do you think there's a better way in which we can sort of approach things? Uh, That's a really good question. I think it's all of the above, Mm. right? I do feel like, you know, if you have a baby that's six months old, then yeah, there's a huge, you know, amount of time that goes into food preparation, but there's going to be a whole heap more of time investment required in another four years around school and readers and homework and what school are you going to go to and what extracurricular activities do you go to and who's driving you where and kids' plays and party. Like I feel like it's going to keep evolving and changing and be really heavy Um and that's like that's being a parent, right? Mm. So it's about putting the right systems in place and having these conversations. Totally. Um, one of the audience questions was around um, what do you fight about mostly? So when I say that, Liv, what comes to mind? <laughs> <gasps> what do we fight about mostly? Um, kind of back to I. We have fought back to that weekend away trip when we arrive and Mark says, well, where's the baby shusha? And that literally sends me off the cliff, right? Like, did I have to remember to pack that too? Or how about the what's for lunch? I don't know what's for lunch. Like, look, look, your fridge is my fridge. Like, go crazy. You fight, you choose, you choose. Um. That's, I mean, they're not big fights, right? But like that's that's the stuff that can just really, if you're just simmering Mm. and then it can just send you spiraling very, very quickly. So what about you? Have you had any of those mind-blown moments? Yeah, I think it is around the, um, often for me it's, I'm probably going to get better at at the point scoring a little bit. So, for example, on Fridays I have the nanny for half a day and then I'm with the kids for the rest of the day. But then on Saturdays I actually work for half the day with sales and stuff. So Jules has them for that half, you know, this the, that morning. So in a way that's kind of levelled out some of the resentment because I would sit there thinking, well, hold on, like I have Tuesdays mm. at home with the kids and half a day on Friday, you get to go to work both of those days. And then often, yeah, if a question like that was asked or, you know, what's for dinner or something, I would lose it, not because of what's for dinner and it's never about the thing. It's about the fact that I'm sitting there going, I'm doing so much for this bloody family and look, yeah. look at the sacrifices yeah. I'm making. And so therefore on my point score, like I'm doing a 10, you're contributing about yeah. a 7 and now I'm annoyed yeah. and we both said we were in this together and we both have full-time jobs and we both are achievers and you know, and I'm like I've got a life too and like so it's often has been and I think that's just the transition of being new parents but kind of just um realizing that like you're both just doing the best you can it makes rational sense that I'm home on those days and whatever but it's not it's still not easily easy rationally to even if it makes sense to take often. I don't know, like how have you found it from the, you know, you having to take a bit of time with the baby and then, you know, Mark does it. Like has there been those sort of arguments at all? Yeah, I, I struggled a lot more with that 
when we just had Tommy because I had longer at home and I was so resentful about him going to work and having that opportunity to be an adult and do something that he really loved while I was still, you know, hair unwashed in my pyjamas. You know, my biggest thing was, yeah, keeping the baby alive and working out what we were going to have for dinner. Like I was incredibly resentful there and, you know, just doing loads and loads and loads and loads of washing and just thinking, can you help me fold it, please? (laughs) But I think we've really kind of worked through that and our relationships matured around, yeah, the roles that we need to play. And it's a work in progress. Um, I am definitely, a massive mental load thing for me is Christmas. I don't know about you, but, you know, we've got big families, right? So many presents to buy for. I shoulder that. And, yeah, okay, I kind of enjoy a little bit. This Christmas I'm divvying up the list and saying you're buying for these people and I'm buying for these people and I reckon that will be a massive win for our family and (laughs) my uh, mental health for sure. (laughs) It's funny, isn't it? I mean, the little things that even um, listening to the podcast episode that I'll put in the reference notes, the ABC one, they said, you know, um, that like marriage was almost broken by the fact that like he asked something about a glue stick and she goes, you know, get out. He's like, wait, what? And literally, like, she locks him out over a glue stick and argument about, like, it's, and it's never about the glue stick and it's never about the small things. But I guess the lesson there is, you know, when you are noticing that there's that resentment building, like having and taking the time as you, as you did with Mark or whatever to sit down and actually hash things out. Um, it's amazing how conversations that probably need to be had. We're not having them enough. Exactly. Like in our case, what, you know, it wasn't really about the list as such. Mm. It was about saying we need to show greater appreciation to to each other, right? Mm. So, Mark, thanks for doing the pick up and drop off today. That, you know, meant that I could stay at work for an extra hour and finish those things off because that was really important. Or I wasn't rushing and stressed by that. Or him... You know, rather than me saying, can you please come and help me fold the washing, him just getting up and and doing that and, you know, having a conversation while we do it about our days or whatever it might be or, you know, thanks for dinner or I realise that you just sorted all those kids' clothes and, yeah, that must have been a massive chore but it's done now and I'll deal with it, you know, whatever it might be. So just acknowledging all of the little things more. It's actually become a bit of a joke in our household in the last 48 hours too. So whenever one of us is doing something, we say mental load (laughs) as a – so an example – Um, Mark, we haven't seen your brother and your sister. Let's organise a lunch, you know, in the next couple of weeks. And then I would say mental load as a sign of (laughs) I'm putting that on your load, I'm taking it off mine. But it's – and it's become a fun thing, right? You know, I I never intended or you certainly Mm. probably never intended to do your homework that you gave us. But, yeah, yeah, that's where we've we've ended up. So it's a good – we're teaching each other, um, which I, I think is a, is a cool thing. So. Oh, absolutely, because otherwise, I mean, you hit breaking point. So one of the other audience questions was like, have you hit breaking point before? And what came to mind when I thought about that was I remember – so it was, you're right, it was always a bit worse with the first child because I think that's when you're really navigating all of this for the first time and you're like, wait, what the hell, I'm chained to this child and you get to go off to work and, and you don't get how much I'm doing and now I'm annoyed and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I just let that build and let that simmer away, that resentment simmered. And then I remember one night um, we actually went to a friend's house for a dinner party and it was like, I don't know, 11.45 and the dinner party was around the corner. And I said to, from where we live and I said to Jules, 
Um, okay, it's 11.45. I think we should probably go now because then we can the nanny can clock off by 12, right, because she had the kids and I was like, that would be perfect timing. And then Jules was like, no, we can have one more wine. And I was like, uh, but then like if we're only having one more wine, then we'll technically probably only leave in about half an hour and then there's no point the nanny, then we'll have to pay her. We may as well pay her till one o'clock in the morning, but there's no point because like I'm tired anyway, so we may as well go home now and get back by 12 because she probably <laughs> wants to sleep as well. And Jill's like, no. Nah. And he said it like loud. He's like, no, one more wine. And then what happens? Four of the other guys on the table are like, oh, one no, you guys wine. can't go. One more wine. <laughs> and I was like, and it's like if it would, was pre-baby, I would have been like, yeah. Post-baby, I was literally like I had steam coming out of my ears and it wasn't about the one more wine or about the extra 20 bucks we'd have to pay for the babysitter. It was such a build-up of the resentment and I'm sitting there watching him from the other side of the table being like, do you know how much I do? And look at you just all relaxed and, you know, laissez-faire, just like there with your wine, like one more wine, no drama. So I'm like, you have no idea. Your life hasn't changed at all. <laughs> but it's, yeah, Basically yeah. like, and that was a breaking point because I remember we ended up leaving. He, I think he noticed my death stare from the other side of the table and he was like, okay, we all know we that might look. be leaving. <laughs> <laughs> if you value your life, you should leave now. <laughs> We get home and I was just, I was furious. And he was like, I don't get it. Like, who cares about? And again, I think, so that for me was probably a breaking point because it, like, I was so irrationally furious, crying. And he's like, Why are you crying? <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. We're home now. And I was like, And you just don't understand. And anyway, long story short, the next day, when we'd had a little bit of time for that to simmer, I just said to him, I'm like, okay, it's not just that. It's not just being mindful about when the nanny's going to clock off. It's everything else that you, you know, you're not seeing. And so that actually, it's funny how sometimes those moments of conflict can kind of progress your relationship because Mm. it forced us to have the conversation. Mm. So, but Mm. you shouldn't have to wait for it to get to Mm. those breaking point moments, I guess, in order to sort of continue to improve on your relationship. I mean, what do you think, Liv? I I think that's exactly right. And I think that's why I found this so powerful that Mm. for the first time we've had it as a preventative measure, a proactive Mm. conversation rather than it hitting to the point where I, yeah, throw the sheets off the bed, you know, at 3am as I get up to settle Harry for the 10th time because I've done it 10 times and Mark's only done it two times because I'm point scoring even at 3am in the morning. And then, you know, that's the kind of stuff, you know, I just Mm. think it's really, really powerful because, yeah, particularly being an emotional person, you and I both are, so... And, you know, we'll bottle things up until it becomes a bit of a, an issue. So, you know, a big takeout, and I'll save all of the listeners reading every article on the mental load because I don't know if you found the same thing. They all very much say the exact same thing yes. word for word. There was, you know, I was looking for some great solutions around what can you do you know, how do you manage this? What are the tips of the trade? And, you know, the big takeout seemed to just be communication, right? Um, communication, communication, communication and working through the list equally, um, which is, you know, I, I get a hard thing in a lot of relationships and, you know, there's a lot of societal issues here and, you know, role definition in terms of who does what and, you know, cultural norms and all the rest of it. So, mm. yeah, it's a, it's a interesting one to kind of chip away at, that's for sure. Mm, Did you time. find anything in any of your reading or research that just really 
resonated, I guess? Yeah, I think there was certainly writing it all down or as much as possible down so you can kind of see it on the page. Similar to the exercise that you did with Mark, that was a big one that they continued to talk about. Mm. And I think it also, like, the complexity also comes where, okay, so we're both in relationships where we are both with people who are very career-oriented and so Mm. are we, right? So Mm. perhaps that's more of a pressure cooker situation because we're sitting there going, well, hold on, we're also bringing the bread to the table. We're doing um, it all. We're trying to do it all. Yeah, absolutely. But I wonder in the dynamics of perhaps when there's a, um, you know, let's say the mum is more of the stay-at-home mum and then the dad is more of the working dad, whether um, the mental load it, the resentment is as great because maybe the mum would therefore feel as though, well, hold, this is kind mm. of my job and, you know, I this is what I'm focusing mm. on and you are focusing on that. I mean, what do you think? Like do you think or do you think, I mean, there's, I always hear, I, I've uh, spoken to someone who was a stay-at-home mum for seven years and she said, absolutely, there were still times where I knew he was working and he'd come home and I still wanted him to do more stuff around that. Like, So I wonder what the dynamic would be in, in those relationships. What do you think? I think, yeah, you know, once you become a mum, you obviously really value, you know, you talk about being a mum as a non-paid job, right? Like it is a huge job, a really important job. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think with that mindset, yeah, you will be able to tackle it and manage it. Mm. I think as long as your partner sees the same value um, in that job as mm. such and is there to give you respite and say thank you and appreciates that really important investment that you're making in your kids and the smooth running of your household. Mm. I know certainly the back of my mind through all of this is, yeah, single parents too. They don't have someone to, yeah, put this mental load on, right? Like they're doing doing it all. Mm. And I know, yeah, certainly in other podcast episodes you've always said take your hat off to them. You know, don't know how you do it. It's... um, yeah, a really fascinating yeah type concept of you just do what you got to do to survive and make sure your kids are happy and healthy, right? Mm. And, and make sure that everyone's not... just got to play a role in yeah getting that done and making sure that you don't end up a complete basket case in the process. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. One of the one of the final questions I'll bring to the table is um, I had a we had a question around how do you feel like sometimes you need to mother your partner, i.e. do you feel like you have to always be the one to say this is what's going to happen next and, you know, I've cooked the chicken, now you have to put it in the oven for 180 degrees and the plumber's coming so I need you to be home for this. <laughs> You're always kind of dictating what is going on. Do you feel like you mother your partner? I do to some extent. I'll put it out there. What do you reckon, Liv? <laughs> I hate the word mother. Mark, Mark would say I would never mother. He would say you don't show me any empathy. You do anything but mother me. You mother our children very well. The love and care you show them, but Mark, no. Um, but I do think I project manage. I absolutely do. Mm. You know, uh, Mark, I've enrolled, you know, Tom in swimming lessons. It's a Sunday morning at 8.30. You're taking him, right? Like mm-hmm. it's that kind of I've organised it. You, I will help you implement it. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. kind of how I see it. But back yeah. to my early comment I also like I enjoy that stuff too so I'm trying not to let that weigh me down that I've had to organize it 
So this is where we've kind of, through our process and our homework, we've divvied up a few more things that will become Mark's jobs as such. Mm. Um, so that I can, you know, we both end up doing more things that we're interested in or care mm. about or want to do. It's so um, true. Like there's so much that I do that I love. Like, you know, for example, social outings, I love choosing the restaurant or I yeah. love, you know, like I love yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And if yeah. he was to choose a restaurant, Jules knows. He's like, cool, so we have three options. Which one would you? Because <laughs> he's so chill. He doesn't really care. He's like, dude, I'll go out. I'll eat food, like whatever. And he also wants you to be very happy and he would hate for you to walk into that restaurant and be like, why did you choose this restaurant? <laughs> did you even look at the menu online? Like, geez, do your research. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so all in all, I mean, I guess it was sort of to come full circle on this topic, I think um, it's, it is awesome having sort of heard your perspective around, you know, the exercise that you've done and actually realising that a lot more is being done to manage that mental load in your household. Um, is there anything that's sort of, you know, like in conclusion that you wanted to sort of bring to the table? I would just encourage, I don't know if you can put those poll questions in a story on mm. Insta, mm. But I would encourage people to do the exercise and then go back and answer those questions again and see if there's anything different. Mm. I just think if there's one thing that, yeah, people can take out of this, it's just a bit of perspective on, yeah, what are the three columns? The 50-50, what's equally shared? What are you happy to have in your column? What does your partner have in his or hers or whatever it is? And then, yeah, what movement that does there need to be? Um, and I really hope that, yeah, others can maybe get as much out of it as, as we did. Yeah, totally. No, I love it. Well, thank you so much again, Liv, for joining us. And it's been uh, fab as always. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review and give us five stars if you're feeling fancy. Want to be part of the Parenthood community? Join our Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at Parenthood Pod. Now I'll let you get back to the organised chaos. Until next time. I will gauge your reactions and yep. you can do thumbs up and thumbs down or stop talking. <laughs> <laughs>